how can socially conscious people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system that currently favors big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to a system that looks out for the well-being of us average American citizens without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. All right, a lot of talk about uh, banking and banking failures, Silicon Valley Bank, and uh, the overall soundness of our banking system. Uh, and there's a lot of worries for, for good reason. Um, now, there is a transfer of wealth that is going on, an increased concentration of wealth that is happening right now, uh, and tens of billions of dollars are flowing out of these regional banks into big banks. Uh, people feel safer with these big banks. The same big banks that were bailed out in 2008. Now, in fact, they're bailing out a, a regional bank. Uh, and, and the reason isn't uh, because of, uh, you know, some altruism, uh, but our, our current banking system is being built, on, uh, essentially, it's a house of cards. And the, the big banks are continuing to prop this up. Um, now, there's a, a lot of problems with uh, putting your, your money into big banks. Uh, for example, I know people feel safer now with, with their money in big banks, uh, but the problem is since 2000, uh, the four major banks, which, uh, control, uh, half of all the U S banking assets, all the banking assets, half of all banking assets in the United States are controlled by four banks, uh, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America. Wells Fargo and Citigroup. Now, these four banks have uh, been responsible for 882 violations since 2000, totaling $167 billion in fines. Now, the, these banks are heavily re uh, regulated, mainly because they're for profit and they are are constantly under scrutiny to increase their profits every quarter. Um, that's how it works. If if you're not increasing your, your profits uh, each quarter, then your share, uh, price of your stock will, will go down. So there's this enormous pressure to consistently uh, grow your profits. And because of this pressure, uh, corners get cut. Um, fraud happens. Um, and, and these banking abuses, uh, happen. And so then, you know, we don't want that to happen anymore. So we regulate them, uh, some more, and then their, their fees, uh, to, uh, operate go up. They, it's more expensive to operate under, under these regulations, but we need the regulations because if we don't have them, then these banks will continue to defraud us and abuse us. So, so we're building this, that we're, we're creating this system now of, of constantly putting more regulations, making it more expensive. And now there's more pressure to, to create profit and it's getting tougher. 
Uh, now, banks can't just raise interest rates to cover their expenses. So they come up with these creative ways to uh, build their customers to, to excessive fees. And again, this creates more banking abuse. Uh, and, and so there's this vicious cycle of, of cutting corners, of, uh, of abusing the customers, and then regulating, making it more expensive. And, and we still need to, you know, these banks, they still need to uh, increase their profits every quarter or, or otherwise their, their shares will, will go down. And um, it's, it's not getting any better. Uh, so here are some other things that are, are happening with our banking system, which, which will inevitably cause more financial crisis. So Silicon Valley Bank, um, they collapsed because of really one individual, the, the uh, president, the chief executive of Silicon Valley Bank and their board um, uh, put up so much of their banking assets into um, uh, these long-term bonds, government bonds, U.S. Uh, Treasury bonds. And... Uh, if you look at their interest rates, they're horrible. And they, and they did this in 2019 during the, or 2020, actually 2020 during the, the COVID pandemic, where they're all of a sudden flush with cash because tech companies were booming during the pandemic. And so they had all this cash, they threw it into Silicon Valley Bank. Um, they have, and now they need to do something with their banking assets uh, to increase their profits. And so they, they put it in these long-term bonds uh, at terrible interest rates, but uh, they're thinking, well, it's safe at least. So then inflation hits and all of a sudden the inflation is easily uh, outpacing the interest rates. And so, um, and so it, this is a, a bad thing. If they have to sell these bonds, they're going to be, um, they're going to have to sell them for far less than what they paid for because nobody wants a bond with a crappy interest rate right now, especially with such high inflation. So these, these uh, uh, banks are hoping that the tech Silicon Valley bank is hoping that the tech sector stays strong. Well, guess what? It all of a sudden it, it's not um, during the, the summer months uh, or of, of 2022 leading up to the winter of uh, 2022 tech companies started to sag and they started to withdraw their money out of silicon valley bank and guess what uh the bank had to sell these these bonds that they bought at uh you know that they had to sell at less than what they paid for and it it, it they had to disclose that fact and so it triggered a, a bank run and they collapsed. Um, now, this isn't just exclusive to uh, regional banks. These large big banks, um, they are stuck with all kinds of, of loans that they're losing uh, money on um, if they had to sell them. So think about all the billions, if not trillions of dollars, these big banks have in mortgages. You know, we're back to mortgages again. Now, it, they're not creating these derivatives or these bizarre type of investments that they're selling on Wall Street. They just have these uh, loans on their books 
that are what three percent maybe uh you uh, uh refinanced a, a home loan or or maybe uh you know you bought a home and you know you got a three percent loan you're hey that's great um however with inflation at eight percent um this is not good for banks um and if there is a bank run and they have to sell these mortgages it, it'll be 2008 all over again so so the banks big banks want to prop themselves up saying hey we can bail out people but meanwhile they are are set up on, on a house of cards ready to collapse uh and this is obviously a huge problem this this concentration of wealth we put all this all of our money into into a banking system that is basically for profit uh, not basically it is for profit and they need to make maximize their their returns constantly getting more uh, more profits every quarter uh, in order to keep this system going okay so this is where where we are and it's bad it it sounds bad and it is bad and they're going to try and do everything to pull the wool over your eyes and say nothing is wrong here um there's no one behind the curtain here please please just go on with your day watch your netflix everything is fine um but it's not everything is not fine all right we are in trouble and we need to do things uh differently we need to take a different perspective completely different perspective all right first thing that we need to do is instead of putting our bank uh, our money into this for-profit system that is constantly we're having this cycle of regulation and and cutting corners and more fees uh, we need to stop doing that and instead put our money into credit unions and you know i'm not the first one who have said this but there are a lot of advantages that credit unions have uh over big banks first of all credit unions are non-profit so anytime they they uh make money uh over their expenses it's not called a profit but uh their, their net income they they don't have to invest it uh they don't uh distribute it to shareholders instead they pump it right back into the credit union, which does wonderful things for the credit union members, uh, the people that that have accounts there. Uh, it um, helps lower the loan costs, uh, giving uh, you know homeowners are, are, are able to borrow uh, mortgages at a lower interest rate. Um, it, it gives uh, depositors to credit unions higher interest rates because they can afford to do this and. Uh, they can afford to also um, uh, pay, uh, cover the, the deposits if people do take money out or, or, or take them out. They have an extra reserve of cash that banks just don't have. Uh, so, so this is a, a huge step. First, uh, people, instead of transferring money into the big banks and increasing this concentration of wealth, uh instead put it into a credit union which are are usually smaller and community-based they understand the needs of a community uh and they're they reflect this uh not only uh with their practices in in their credit union uh, helping out their members giving uh you know oftentimes free financial counseling um 
assistance when, when needed uh, and, and not these excessive fees that, that banks will, will charge, uh, you know, to see a banker or, or you know, or, or to get something notarized. They don't charge uh, these, these same fees that, that banks have to because they need to generate more profits to increase their, their, their quarterly statement. Uh, so, so credit unions. All right, that's that's just one thing. Uh, another uh, benefit of the credit union is that their board is elected by its members. So, uh, uh, a share uh, a for-profit bank, um, they're elected by their shareholders, and you don't have to have money in that bank to be a shareholder. You just have to buy a share. So, there's a conflict of interest. Um, all, all your, if you're a, a for-profit shareholder at one of these big banks, you just want them to increase their quarterly profits. So, you know, you can increase your profits and, and most of the people who own bank, uh, stocks are just regular retirees. It's not like they're greedy. They're just, they need this money for retirement. Um, so credit unions, um, their their board is is elected and they're members of the community and um it it it, it creates a, an environment that that looks out for the well-being of its members uh okay uh, another thing uh about uh banks um i i mentioned that they that the the, the you had this concentration of wealth of of one guy making the decision well uh, again you don't you don't have that concentration of wealth with the 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 credit unions um not only that when credit unions do fail and they do they do fail um from time to time uh, there isn't this this worry because they don't trade on the stock market uh, and because they don't trade on the stock market there's no trigger effect of the, a system-wide worry. It, when when a credit union goes under, um, then uh, then it's uh, you know just just a one-off, uh, and it, it's sad when it happens. And, and the members they are covered. They they have insurance just like the banks, um, up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars as well. Uh, and, and so that you they do have th this insurance that the credit unions have to pay into. Um, and you know, S the, the Silicon Valley bank, they, there was no taxpayer money involved because of the insurance, the FDIC covered it. Um, and, uh, people, uh, got their deposits back. Um, now, now it's been $250,000 for a really long time, this, this insurance amount, but that, that seems like that needs to change. Um, it, it seems like this insurance amount needs to, to get. Uh, uh, risen to uh, another level, especially with the credit unions. Um, and that's something that they can they can do down the future. And there's really smart people who care uh, in, in the credit union community. Um, now, there is a, another thing that that we can do. And I will talk about it. And this is this will be an absolute game changer to really fix our, our broken financial system. And I'm going to talk about that in tomorrow's show. 
but in the meantime, my name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too.